When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Friday. Welcome here to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. We've got a lot to unpack here um, with everything going on between the transfer portal, the draft. Um, but first of all, the big headline, at least of the week here around the state of Nebraska, is the volleyball match that will take place in Memorial Stadium against Nebraska Omaha. The match sold out um, in, in less than two days, and, and we're pleased to welcome in Nebraska Athletic Director Trev Alberts, uh, former Husker great as well, here on Husker Line Headlines to hear more about that. Trev, first of all, uh, welcome to the show and um, congratulations. This idea, I'm sure when you came up with the idea to put in there, you knew it was going to take off, but I can't imagine you thought you'd be chasing uh, a potential world record for a, a female attended sporting event. Well, good day, Sean and Steve. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's frankly pretty humbling. I mean, uh, you know, Husker Nation is just different. And I have this great privilege of going across the country, meeting with colleagues in the Big Ten, and and people are really envious of our fan base. And so we're going to try really hard not to take them for granted. But, you know, I, I um, when we started thinking about this, and, and uh, the, the fact of the matter is uh, I was hoping about 35 to 40. You know, I, I know what we are really hoping to be able to, to give to the other participants. I know what the expenses are. And so we're like, okay. Here's the break-even point. We got to have at least 35, 40 with concessions, and then it'll be worthwhile. I, I never thought this would happen. Mm. And I never thought it'd be one thing that it would happen over the course of a couple of weeks. But you know, Husker fans broke the internet. Uh, it was wild, and um, really proud of our team. You know, our team has worked really, really hard. We got a lot of work in front of us, but uh, you know, John likes to dream big, and sometimes I have to challenge him with, "Wait a minute, you want us to dream big?" How about you dream big? <laughs> and so uh, he's fired up. Uh, all we need now is some de decent weather uh, because I can't imagine what it's going to be like to try to put 90,000 people into Vanny if we have some bad weather. So uh, obviously we're thrilled, just grateful. It just shows how much people care about this university and athletic department. It's also indicative of, of the leadership of John Cook and Terry Pettit and just this vision that they had in our young women. Really, really proud of them. And uh, looking forward to August 30th. You, so 83,000 tickets sold as of yesterday, 82,900. Now, you mentioned 90,000. The largest crowd to attend a women's sporting event in the U.S. is 90,185. And that was for the 1999 Women's World Cup final between U.S. and China. Is, 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 this a, is there a threat here to surpass that record? In your, can you do that? Is it, are you able to do that? Yeah, I, I, I certainly think there's a threat to that, Steve. Um, you know, we do have the field itself. Um, there's some standing room stuff. And so, you know, I, it's, it's really hard to tell. I, we, we were over 90,000 for Garth Brooks, you know, when we had that okay. concert here. And um, so it's amazing with, you know, there's the physical size of the structure. You know, I've asked our team to really take a hard look at, you know, how do we, 
how do we do this? Is there additional space? How can we, and we get, we need to do it safely. Obviously there's fire marshal, there's codes, those kinds of things. We never want to do anything that would put anybody at risk, but um, there's an opportunity to rethink, look at how does a layout look? How can we do it? We also have to be a little bit careful guys. Let's think about this. You know, mm-hmm. we had our season ticket holders for volleyball who are some of our most ardent supporters. And early on, I thought to myself, well, we'll, we'll just, as, as we sell this thing out, we'll just move the court further and further. Well, that's really not fair to the people who have been with your program the longest. So while there might be a little bit of movement for, for the actual, um, you know, court, I think it's going to be relatively static. Um, those folks that bought the first tickets, we need to ensure, you know, in our season ticket holders that they're taken care of. And uh, the nice thing at a place like Memorial Stadium with all of the, the ribbon board and the video boards, those folks, you know, in, in South Stadium actually have an opportunity to see it through uh, – you know, through the video boards. But I think part of it is just being part of it, you know, being part of history being made. So we're going to keep working on it, Zip. I think at minimum, this has to be the largest sporting event ever in the United States, um, you know, for women and, for and women. volleyball. Um, let's try to let's try to knock that down. Okay. Trev, I know you said that this is probably a one-time thing, but when you start to see the financial windfall this is going to make the university and the, and the volleyball programs – it's going to be hard to say, you know, if we can do it again, why not do it one more time a few years down the road? Well, it's a good point, Sean. And, you know, I think what happened is um, when when we had the success we had with Garth Brooks and then you have a success like this, you know, sort of nationally with all kinds of booking agents or what have you. I mean, you develop a reputation as a place that supports big ideas and big events. And um, while I certainly am not going to be... <laughs> Um, you know, breaking any news here. The reality is we've had others that have reached out and said, hey, what about this? And so uh, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that we don't think about, you know, every summer trying to do something, um, you know, that's unique, different. Um, You know, we're all looking at, hey, we've got this incredible facility. It's activated seven football games a year. You know, how do we look at our assets and resources differently and, and engage them and as, as new old, you know, we're, we're just bringing a new subset of people, maybe new eyeballs. I know most of us think that, well, these are all the same people who come to Husker football games. The reality is there's going to be a lot of people at this volleyball game that don't come to football games regularly. And hopefully they have a great experience and maybe they, you know, engage in other sports and become part of our family. So it's a great thing, not just for the athletic department. This is really good for our university. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at enrollment initiatives and those types of things, bringing people to your campus, bringing, that's important stuff. Absolutely, Trev. Switching gears to football. Now, it was very striking, and I believe it was in February on your statewide radio show. You had expressed on that show, and you kind of almost said it as an aside, that you that the spring game would be more game-like. Um, and you seemed to want that. And it, now it turned out that way, and I, it was, it was so, and I got to tell you, it was incredibly refreshing. But why was that important to you? Well, I think it's important to our fans, Steve. I mean, um, you know, it's part of respecting what our fans expect from our program. You know, I, I really feel passionate about this. It's not just about football. Uh, at the end of the day, we need programs that are reflective of the passion, ideals, and values that Nebraskans hold dear, that are alumni, that are supporters and donors. And, you know, we're, we're Nebraska. Uh, we should just really embrace being the greatest Nebraska we can be. 
And you know what? We don't have to be anything else. Uh, we've proven that if we just are Nebraska, really good things can happen. And so, you know, we're, we're and I, and I think this is a thing that, that coach rule, I think is, it's really made an impact on him as he's traveled our state. And I've heard him talk about this, you know, and you go out to Western Nebraska and he went to a basketball game and he talked about how this fan that he met with his family getting ice cream down the Haymarket talked about, well, we're in the head back home. So they drove four hours <laughs> to come to one of our sporting events. Like right. people don't understand the commitment right. that Husker nation makes to support our young men and young women. And so to honor that and to respect that, I think you have to do things that are important to them, Steve. St uh, sticking on the topic of football, you've got a lot on your plate with facilities. Um, the new uh, football facility is set to open. What is the update there? How much of that facility will be ready to go this summer? And then what will be kind of the other phasing as far as opening the rest of that building up? Yeah, it's a good question. And, and uh, you know, we're really excited about the Go Big project. Obviously, it's one of the reasons why Coach Rule is here. Um, when I just talked about, you know, our fans, what the expectations are. You know, development is the DNA of, of Nebraska athletics. Like, this is who we are. This is what we're really good at. And we should never stray from. So, obviously, the, you know, Go Big Project's the brick and mortar behind that vision. Um, so, you know, when you, when you do a $165 million project, uh, yeah, this is pretty sophisticated. The reality is... Uh, we hope to have all three levels, all three phases, everything done at once prior to the fall. Um, we're not going to be able to accomplish that goal, Sean, but what we have been able to do is say, okay, we've got a recovery plan in place, back on track in this sense, everything specific to football. So there'll be no disruption to the team. We want to make sure that, you know, everybody who's part of the locker room, those very specific football areas, those will be done prior to the fall. Okay. So the team will be in there. Other things like the weight room will be done as well, but other things like, you know, the training table, academic support, compliance, life skills, and perhaps even some of the coaches' offices are going to be a little bit behind. It could be four to five, up to six months, but definitely by the end of the year, the start, you know, of the next calendar year, everything will be done. So maybe a couple other uh, levels that'll be about six months behind. But right now we're just really focused in on the players. And quite frankly, that's what Coach Rule wanted. He, you know, this is about the players. Let's make sure that the players are taken care of first. And the other, you know, obvious benefit we have is that we have a training table right now. So we can still utilize, you know, those units that are active, you know, within West Stadium. So a little bit behind on the, a couple of them, but player specific stuff will all be in place prior to the start of fall camp, which will be really important to the football program. We have one final question here uh, for Athletic Director Trev Alberts. Um, Trev, the, the stadium renovations as well. You announced an architecture for architecture firm, uh, HDR out of Omaha, um, a project anywhere from two to 500 million. You know, where are you at in that process? I mean, that, that's a wide range of what you want to spend. I mean, how do you kind of determine ultimately what direction you want to take the future of Memorial Stadium as you enter this hundredth season? Well, and that's part of the process we're going through, right? You know, is um, I feel very passionate about this as well. Uh, number one, this is not my athletic department. I just happen to sit in this chair. This belongs to Nebraska. And we have a 100-year-old stadium that's iconic that uh, we need to ensure. And I feel a, a burden while sitting in this seat to ensure, like, like everything we're enjoying today is previous leadership's vision and fiscal responsibility. And our job is to say, okay, we're not talking about today, but what's the next 50 years look like at Memorial Stadium? And how do we ensure that our fans 
ingress, egress, modernization, comfort, you know, hmm. how do we look at new revenue opportunities? How do we not expect just football fans to pay increasing prices, but how do we, you know, diversify what some of those revenue streams look like? So that's what HDR's job is. We currently have an RFP out for construction management and um, we'll, we'll end up getting there, but we're running through a process right now of diving into, and it's not just the stadium. I mean, you think about how complicated this is. We have a 315,000 square foot building, the Go Big Project, coming online. All the programming that's currently within the stadium, is a lot of that is moving over to the Go Big. So it's not just the fans, while that's very, very important, but also is how are we going to backfill these spaces? What is it? Do mm -hmm. we look at other integration within our own campus? So we've got a, I'm not smart enough to do it, guys. Mm -hmm. We've got some really smart people that understand space allocation, that understand and so we're going to go through this process. We first need to understand how much money can we raise? What are all of our sources here? What's the total amount? And then how do we create, you know, a, a vision around that that's great for our fans, that looks to the future? And ultimately, what we'll be doing here uh, early fall, late summer is once we get that plan done, we will bring that back to the university leadership and ultimately the Board of Regents. And we'll make a recommendation about what we believe we can execute and then they'll make the decision about whether they think that this is financially, you know, fiscally responsible and, and doable. Um, but those are the details that we're in right now, working on it every single day. I'm excited about it. And I think it's the right thing to do to Nebraska for Nebraska, especially when you guys, when you consider what's happening nationally and mm -hmm. uh, some, all the disruption, I think Nebraska has a brilliant opportunity here with this coaching staff, and with some strategic thinking around our business model to really emerge from this disruption in a really positive and powerful position. I got one more, Trev, and it's about okay. Coach Rule. Just real quick, I, I was reading some things you said early in your tenure here as the AD. You said this job, this football job, the Nebraska head football coaching job is a grinder job. This job has always been about people willing to pay a bigger price than the other guy. It's what you love about this place, you said. Was Rule's sort of now? Now we're getting to know Matt Rule a little bit more. Was his grinder approach, his grinder mentality, a, a, a leading factor in you hiring him? Um, did you know that about him? And what has been striking to you in that regard? A hundred percent, Steve. You know, I mean, I, I watched Coach Osborne uh, as a player, and uh, I, I, I often felt bad for him. I mean. The guy just worked and he was so competitive. But listen, well, let's be honest with ourselves. There are some areas that, and every program's this way, there are strengths about this program that other people don't have. We've talked about our fan base. Mm -hmm. There are, quote, weaknesses and challenges here that we have that some others don't. And so to overcome that, number one, you, you have to have somebody that just works and that is driven by the work not the ancillary benefits that come with that position, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And so I was well aware of that. And part of, you know, in talking to coaches, you know, you, you lay a very clear vision about the expectation and those that aren't interested in doing that um, probably aren't interested in being, you know, your candidate. Um, and so it works both ways. Uh, that certainly, you know, didn't, um, you know, di didn't push coach rule away. In fact, that's exactly, you know, what, what he, what he felt as well. So, you know, leadership is so important. Who's at the top really matters because if, if you start with somebody like Matt rule, 
who's a grinder, mm -hmm. who's purpose-driven relative to helping young people have a better life, both in academics, all of the things that I had the privilege of living as a culture, as a player under Coach Osborne. If you hire a head coach who has that passion and vision, he is going to surround himself with other people, coaches, administrators, you know, uh, support staff, recruiting staff that thinks like him. And so it's, you're not just hiring Matt Rule, the grinder, you know, you're hiring an entire staff that looks mm -hmm. a lot like that. And that's what we're seeing right now. You're seeing it on the recruiting trail. You're seeing it with coaches that are, you know, <laughs> Matt was with me last night till 10 o'clock at a donor event, you know, and oh. it, it's not just grinder as a coach. It's every single one of these components that lead to success. Um, it's got to matter to you. And it mattered to, to Coach Osborne. And, and uh, you know, Coach Osborne talked about, you know, being willing to pay a price bigger than a guy next to you. And that, that has to be the secretary. Uh, that has to be the football coaches. That has to be the players. Um, and if we have that, and that's our culture of toughness, work ethic, and unity, mm -hmm. this place has proven you can do some pretty amazing things. And Coach Rule is really leading the way in that area, Steve. Thank you, Trev. Well, Trev, we appreciate the time here on a Friday. I know you're very busy uh, with a lot going on, and, and hopefully we can get you on Husker Headlines again. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks for all you do. All right. All thank right. you, Trev. Thanks Have a good day. Thanks again to Nebraska Athletic Director Trev Alberts for joining us here on Husker Online Headlines. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. A lot going on, Steve Sippel. We're going to get back to what Trev Alberts had to say, uh -huh. but let's get back to what probably would have let off our show if we didn't have the athletic director of Nebraska on. Right. Quarterback Casey Thompson has entered the transfer portal. Ah! Yeah. I mean, it, that... And should we be surprised? I mean, we we kind of had a feel where it was all going to go. Ah, uh, I mean, did you see this coming? Come on, I I when you woke up today, you, you I saw your reaction. You were surprised. I was surprised, that. but if Casey wants to be a starter and he does not think he's going to have a clear opportunity or an inside path to get that opportunity, he's going to go and. I'm sure there are teams out there that have expressed interest through back channels for him because he is a pretty good one-year option for a school. You know, well, he was a good one-year option at Nebraska. You know, I mean, he had more than one, but it turns out he had more than one year, but it turns out he was a one-year option. Like, think about Alabama. They're in a quarterback's bind right now. They just took a Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame guy. Right. Think of Alabama just took Casey Thompson right now because they need a one-year option for Knicks. I mean, the, like, he – he is going to have options, no doubt. But, yeah, they went from six scholarship quarterbacks to start the week to now three. That's interesting. So you go from Casey Thompson gone, uh, Logan Smothers gone, Richard Torres, Richard Torres gone. Right. Uh, so it's it's Chubba Purdy, Heinrich Harburg, and Jeff Sims. Yeah, I can't say I saw this coming. I'm not going to – I couldn't – now, I have said this week that, that – and I mean this when I say it – that. 
no player going into the portal should be a total surprise to anybody. And, and Casey Thompson going in the portal shouldn't be a total surprise to anybody. But having said that, it's not like I saw it coming. I, I thought that he would go into June, uh, you know, competing with Jeff Sims and it'd be a, a two man race. Now what the question becomes, and it's, I don't know if we'll get this answer or not. What did he hear from the staff? You know, what did, what did Casey Thompson hear from the coaching staff from Matt rule? Um, or, or did Casey just make this decision on his own? Did Nebraska want Casey back? I mean, was it, is it possible that Matt rule, there was, a, is it possible there was a scenario where Matt rule is trying to talk Casey into staying? I, I mean, or if he was just openly honest and say like, we want you on this team, but Jeff will get the number one reps. <laughs> interesting and and matt rule has said i heard i've heard him say this to local high school coaches he goes the biggest thing is i'm going to be honest with you i'm not going right. to sugarcoat where your kid stands right and i can't see him sugarcoating it to casey thompson i think he's like look jeff's healthy he's had a good spring he's going to go in number one you're going to be the number two right now <laughs> like i mean yeah, that's that's telling the number one quarterback from last year that he had. Yeah, it's very interesting. Number I, one of a whole different staff and a whole different offense. Right. Number one yeah. in an offense yeah. that was way different than one now. Yeah. So um, you can't even – it's apples to orange. You can't compare Mark Whipple to Satterfield and, and, and Rule. No, like, it's a whole different he was, deal. He was number one. Um, no, I get it. But it, so I – yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised by it. I'm a little surprised by it. Number, but I, and I just there's here's the thing about it. There's a whole range of questions that we shouldn't pretend we know because we don't. We don't know what that conversation was with Rule and Thompson at all. We have no idea. It's sort of frustrating. Um, I think we sort of pretend that we know, but we don't know. Um, I mean, we kind of have an idea, though, that there were some concerns that could he physically do all the things as a runner mm -hmm. that they need in this offense. That's true. We know that now. And I do know that there's going to be teams interested in Casey Thompson. Yeah. I, I just had a writer from Florida. Florida is looking for a quarterback. And he said, if you hear anything about Casey Thompson, let us know. Oh, there you go. Um, I mean, teams. I mean, there are some teams that clearly had lousy springs with their quarterbacks. Right. So you wonder, like one question is, did Casey go into a meeting with Matt Rule saying, look, these are the teams that are interested in me. Um, and I, did Casey go in there with leverage? You know, it's very possible that he did. Like, you know, and then decided after what he heard from Rule that I'd be better off somewhere else. Will he be a starter at another Power 5 school is the question. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big question. So I think he will. Yeah. I, I think, think he will. I think he could be. So now you're – like you said, you're down to three scholarship quarterbacks. And I would say, and I hope people don't take this wrong, there's a pretty big drop-off now between one and two. There wasn't when Casey was here. If you're if you're talking about Casey as the number two, there wasn't a big drop-off. Now what Nebraska has, now this is my opinion. I, I don't, I don't, it rankles some people, but there's a, there's a big drop-off now from one to two. That's what you have. Yeah, and, Chubba started a couple games. Yeah. And then obviously Heiner Carberg's never played. Right. And what then, you saw in the spring game was a big drop off. And then Jack Wolke yeah. is the next guy, right? Yeah. You didn't have a drop off. Now you do. And all of a sudden, if Dylan Riola doesn't come, which doesn't seem like, you know, if you we'll see on that, yeah, we'll you will see, see where that goes. 
but they don't have a high school quarterback on the line right now either for next year. Raiola is not right. the guy. So I got it got it thinned it, out pretty fast. I mean, it went from six to three quick in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, so and I don't anticipate anybody else. Um, I mean, Chuba would be a two timer. He could do it though. Um, but I don't, I don't, I mean, again, I'm not going to say, cause I didn't, I can't say that I saw this coming. I mean, none of us, I don't, I, I mean, I saw your level of surprise when it happened. So it's not like we saw it coming. All right. Well, now you just wonder what's next for Casey Thompson. What's next for Nebraska? And and we'll we'll dive into the the portal stuff here more um, and go through kind of what the, yeah the other guys the other guys yeah. later in the show right that's because I want to I want to go back to Trev Alberts to Trev. now let, let's go back to we just had the athletic director of Nebraska on Trev Alberts cover a lot of ground headline number three as we react to what we learned from Trev Alberts this volleyball game thing is fascinating because. I think initially it's like, yeah, it's be a fun one-time thing. But if you can make this kind of revenue yeah. on something like this, where it's a game that generally wouldn't draw this kind of, like, I don't know if you can play a big match. I don't know if a good, a good opponent, maybe, maybe a good opponent will want to come play Nebraska in this type of match. Uh, but having it be in state Nebraska versus UNO is really cool. Um, and the amount of money they're going to make on this is incredible. The amount of money, and then the the all yes, I mean there's that, and then there's also the prestige element, where you heard Trev, he believes they can threaten the largest crowd to ever attend a women's sporting event. Think about that in the U.S. Yeah, it's ninety thousand one eighty five for the nineteen ninety nine Women's World Cup final between U.S. and China, and they'll. I, it's Sean, I'm just gonna say, I, I'll be surprised if they don't surpass that. Like Trev wants that. Like, I've, yeah, 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 of course he does. I mean, it's to the point they have this concert. If that's going to take away seats, like, do you ever need to have the concert? I mean, <laughs> like, a, you've already sold it. Like, it's a legitimate question. And, and they won't even say who the band is yet. Have they announced the I don't think they have. Right. The, the world record is 91,000 people for a women's sporting event. 91,553. That's the world record. And that's when Barcelona played Real Madrid in a soccer match in Spain in 2022. I mean, Nebraska could set a world record in August. Yeah, and if that if that meant, like, tinkering or adjusting the concert plans, I would do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and I think not a bad thought, Sean. If you're Trev Albert, you're like, hmm, should we cater to a maybe a B-list type country act or a world record? Maybe, no, before, yeah, before you go too far, that, well, there might be a contract in place. No, I know. Signed. You know, so I don't know. I don't know if you it may not be an option. <laughs> it might just turn into like a little small karaoke stage. Here's the concert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we can get the world record. Right. It's going to have one guy with one microphone on a small platform. Well, I mean, honestly, they might be they might be able to adjust stage size. You know, um, I I think you got to think about that. You could set a world record because you I mean, if you wanted to, you could put a lot of seats you could put bleachers on the, the turf. Yeah, this is quite a flex by Nebraska. This will be a this will be something that gets the, the university a lot of attention. As as Trev said, this is about you know attracting students to Nebraska too. I mean, this is uh, this will be an opportunity for a lot of people that never get into that stadium to get in it. 
know, they're not going to be able to see the volleyball game, some of them, but it's just you're there, though. You know, naturally, I was reading some of the comments on ESPN. You get those people, they'll, they'll say, like, well, because there's nothing to do in Nebraska. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, Seriously, well, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Like, that, that's a ridiculous comment. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, like, this, this is cool. Like, right. this is like, I don't care who you are. Like, a game against a, another smaller Division One college is going to set a world record for volleyball. Right. Not World Cup soccer, you know, not not profe- a professional sport, a college volleyball game with two teams from a state with a population less than two million people. Right. Come on. Yeah. Great idea. Um, I think John's going to want to do it again. Yeah. And it's a great idea and it's been really well executed. And you, you heard Trev say he didn't expect this. John Cook certainly didn't expect it. I've read I've read a lot of John Cook comments. He had he did not anticipate this at all. So it reminds you of like what they do in hockey when they play the game outside. Yeah. I mean like that, that, you know, they played in football stadiums. I think the big house at Michigan did one of them there. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they call that? That, that the frozen classic or the, I don't know what the hell it's called, but, but the, I, yeah, you're right. But this is sure. what it reminds me of is something yeah. like that yeah. where it's just so out of, out of the box. I mean, the basketball game on the aircraft carrier, but yeah, we're, we're like, so I'll be curious what they do with the setup. See, there's the stage the way it is. Now you probably, do you move that closer to the 50, to the 50 yard lines? You move it closer to set. I think you got it right. I mean, they weren't anticipating that that South end zone would have a lot of people in it, but it's going to have to have a lot of people in it. Yeah. Do you move some of your prime season ticket holders down to the floor and create more floor seats? Right. Um, well, those, those are, those are pleasant problems to have for sure but trev i knowing trev like we do he wants the world record i mean yeah and yeah i think nebraska wants the world record i mean people around the world would be like wait i mean that, that this is a headline like when this happens oh yeah it's a big deal and it's going to be televised i believe on btn for sure B- oh, i think so yeah it's a th- but we're going to be in minnesota mm-hmm. uh, because it's is it the uh, day before the game's on Thursday night. And I want to say the volleyball might it's be Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Abby Barmore. Ab, it's going to be a big, big deal for Abby uh, t- to follow the game. All right, l- let's go back to uh, draft talk here. Sorry if I'm off headlines here, Megan. I'm trying to remember where we're at. But, um, Nebraska with the draft. We'll find out more uh, tonight and Saturday where the Huskers fall. But um, we do know this, Sip. Nebraska has not had a first-round draft pick now for uh, since 2011 prince mukamara right no first rounders um and that obviously i'm not going to get on a big soapbox here but ohio state last night had three in the top 20 iowa picks. had two yeah iowa had kansas two. state had one yeah. iowa state had their first first rounder since 1973 wow um so yeah i mean nebraska it goes without saying okay it just put it this way when when and people ask you this all the time. Come on, Sean, what's happened to Nebraska? You get that question a lot from people that don't live around here, media that don't live around here. Sip, what happened? Well, the first thing I go to is the draft. Yeah, the draft. They haven't had a first rounder since 2011. And then I think you can also say they haven't had an All-American. They haven't had an All-American since 2011 um, either. That was David. David. Right. They haven't had an All-American offensive lineman since 2001. Now that's ridiculous. That that's really a bad. That's a not a like Spencer Long was on track to be one, then he got hurt. Right. They haven't had an All-American offensive lineman since two thousand and one. 
they used to produce them regularly. Um, regularly. I mean, eight per decade, seven per decade. And now it's dried up. Well, they led the well, nation. So what's happened? Well, that, what's happened in Nebraska? Those two stats are pretty big right there. And you see Illinois had a first rounder. I mean, Boston College had the first receiver drafted. K-State I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I thought it was also interesting that the SEC and the Big Ten were tied with nine first round draft picks each. Mm-hmm. Now, if you add USC, Oklahoma, Texas, it would be 11 to 10. Okay. Uh, the SEC would have a slight edge by one. When you do that, 21 of the 32 picks come from these two leagues. Right. And to be clear, when I talk about this, you're trying to beat, you're trying to topple Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan had a couple first rounders. Just one. They had one. one. Okay. One first rounder. You're Ohio- trying to, you're trying to, you're trying to beat these teams. Iowa had two. Um, Ohio State had three. Yeah. Georgia had three. Alabama had three. Northwestern, as you know, had Peter Skaronsky. Here's the deal. You're not beat. You're not beating Ohio State with no All Americans on your team. No, unless you get lucky and upset them. You know, um, but if if they have All Americans and first rounders and you don't, what do you think is going to happen? You know, you might you might push them. You might it might look pretty good sometimes. But how often are you going to beat them? A la 2021. Uh, yeah, when yeah. they went there and pushed them. But I mean, what's that mean? You pushed them. Yeah, it will be um, interesting to see. And, you know, we you get asked these questions on Husker Online with the draft, like who will be Nebraska's next first rounder? And, and it, like you just kind of like get deer in the headlights stone face because you don't really know how to answer it. You know, last year they had two second round picks. So they weren't they were kind of knocking on the door, kind of Cam Jurgens, Cam Taylor Britt. Those guys were second round picks and that's progress. I mean, but yeah, you want. If you can get multiple first rounders, then you're kind of in business, right? Um, so this year, you want to talk? You want to talk this year, Husker draft? Yeah, let's. Um, so you got Trey Palmer, mm-hmm. O'Shawn Mathis, Garrett, Garrett Nelson, Nelson and Vocal. Travis Vocal. Like those are probably the four. I mean, you could lump Caleb Tanner, but we, I think we yeah. both agree he, he's more than likely a f- quality free agent guy. Yeah, that would be a surprise. Um I think Vokalek would be a mild surprise if Travis Vokalek if he would get drafted. Um I think I would, his injury stuff is probably what's going to hurt him. Right. Tr- Trey Palmer now the question is is he could he go in the second or third round or is he going to wait till fourth or fifth? A lot of receivers went off the board in the first round, so Yeah, that helps. Know, that helps him slide into tonight possibly. Um but yeah, for sure we know he's going to get picked. After that uh, yeah, there's a possibility that Nebraska just has one. I mean, there's a possibility. Now, what I've heard is that Garrett Nelson has a very good chance to get drafted. A lot of people are surprised when I say that. They are. I, I get yeah, it. I mean, he didn't make the combine. Right. Um, so what, what's the data on non-combine invites? Don't know. Getting, I mean, it's not it's not good though. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the NFL teams invite the players to the combine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see on that. I I think there's a good chance of. I there's I think they. Could so you think first. Garrett Nelson will get drafted based on? I, I, based on what I'm hearing, it, late round six or seven. Yeah, yeah, and I I think O'Shawn could. Um, again, late. It'll be late. It'll be okay. Final headline here. Um, let's go back to the transfer portal for Nebraska. It's been oh quite, yes, it's been quite a week. Um, Nebraska now I believe it's seven, eight, eight with Casey Thompson. Yeah, eight, eight with Casey. Eight entries in the portal this week. 
Um, so they're at 90 players on scholarship as we tape this show around okay. lunchtime on Friday. Um, they've got to be at 85. Okay. Now, remember, some of these guys can take um, the retirement package and, and stay at Nebraska if they want on, mm -hmm. and not count towards the 85 and keep all their benefits as a scholarship student athlete. So um, are there some players on the roster that have taken that package? My guess is yes, yeah. uh, but we know there are eight that have gone in the transfer portal, three of them being quarterbacks, mm -hmm. um, two of them being wide receivers, two of them being defensive backs. Mm -hmm. And then where am I Where am I off here? Well, um, they've had Braxton Clark. I'm just going to name them. We might as well just name them. Braxton Clark, um, for people not keeping track. Oh, one defensive line, yeah. Stephon Wynn. Stephon Wynn, Logan Smothers, Sean Hardy, Victor Jones, Richard Torres, Noah Pulligate, and Casey Thompson. So those are the eight. And as far as impact, surely you'd say Casey. And then I would say when Stefan, when the senior defensive lineman after that, um, you, when you lose a big body, it's uh, who's played, who's played at Alabama, who had 22 tackles last year. I mean, we, me and you talked about this off air yesterday. He'll, Win won't have trouble finding a place to play. Win and Thompson are going to have options. I would think so. Yeah, good options, very good options. Like, yeah, let's kind of handy. Like Logan Smothers, Torres, probably group of five type options, maybe FCS options. Mm -hmm. Braxton Clark, probably group of five, maybe. No yeah. Paul Gates, group of five. I think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm being, I'm just trying to. I, I don't. Other than Win and Thompson, I'm not sure I see any other power five guys there. Okay. Do you? Well, it depends what people are looking for. I well, what, there's no tape to back up your. You not know. really. I mean, Braxton Clark had some tape early in his career. He fa he's faded off a little bit. Um, Logan, it's got to be an if it, if if it's our offense that runs a quarterback, he's in business. It's just his. It's just the throwing the arm strength component with Logan. Um, yeah, I don't know, Sean. I hate to like a Richard Torres. Couldn't he end up at a Big Twelve school, Richard Torres? I mean, Kansas State was power him. five. I mean, Kansas, yeah, Kansas and Kansas State wanted him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you could rule out a guy like Richard Torres ending up at a, but at like a Kansas or a Kansas State. If they took a quarterback in his year already, that's yeah. the spot for him. Like, yeah. you have you have to have spots available on the chart that mm -hmm. makes sense. You can't just hey, we offered him in high school. Let's take him now. No, I know. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to see on that. But eight, and there's probably a couple others. That yeah, we don't. I mean, I think there's a few that have taken taken the the, the retirement package, but we don't know. Like the roster's not been updated on Huskers.com either. I've checked. It hasn't. Okay. Um, you know, and I'd imagine there'll be just kind of a mass update made randomly at Friday at seven p.m. or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the news of the day, of course, is Casey. Casey Thompson yeah, I, in the portal. And I, I just I've been telling people I had no intel that, that was going to happen. So from that standpoint, I'm surprised. Well, I, even Rule talking about him. Like yeah. the last week of spring ball, how people, oh, he's the first one in the building. He's the last one out the building. Mm -hmm. He's on the sidelines in the headset talking to me during the scrimmages. Like, I mean, they kind of put some dialogue out there that things were going well with him behind the scenes right and we're just not i mean obviously we're just not privy to that all-important conversation he had with rule this week you know just you just love to know what that sounded like what what was what was that what gotta be nice to know <laughs> what, what was the what was the gist of that conversation or did somebody 
get to them with an opportunity elsewhere that was better. And he says, Hey, if I don't have an opportunity to know that I'm going to be the starter here, I'm going to go there. It's a very fascinating world now in college football. It really is. Um, Cause it's very possible. Casey went into that meeting with rule with leverage one, but he's on a hell of an NIL package. One would think at Nebraska right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know they announced that he was on it. Well, and we know he's got a nice two bedroom apartment because we've mm-hmm. talked to him about it before. Mm-hmm. We know he drives a vehicle. We, mm-hmm. He's tweeted pictures about his furniture mm-hmm. and obviously he has some sort of compensation package. So it wasn't like he wasn't making money here. I mean, right. clearly he wants to play. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I, yeah. So that's that's the next thing to watch. Where does he end up? And I imagine that could happen pretty quickly. He'll go somewhere good. That's my prediction right now. He'll he will end up being in the power five somewhere. Yeah. Cause there there are a lot of teams that left spring ball that maybe don't like their quarterback situation. There's some there's some I mean, there's some high profile teams you could say that about. So in Casey could Casey's the type of guy that can you can plug in and he can learn fast. And he can learn an offense fast. He can acclimate to a school fast. He's graduated. Hell, he has a master's degree. He doesn't, that part's not going to be a challenge. He can, he just can assimilate very quickly because he's a mature individual. Think about this. He's played for Tom Herman as a head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, Scott Frost, Mickey <laughs> Joseph, Matt Rule, and now wherever he goes. <laughs> He, he will have worked under six different managers, yeah, head coaches. Amazing. Yes, that's incredible. I mean, you talk about ROS or, right. or RLS. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, it's real life type stuff there. It really is. It's been it's becoming increasingly common, though. I mean, it's you can say that now about a lot of guys. They just, they just cycle through assistance like nothing. The, the world's changed. I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just different now. All right. Well, it's been a fun show. I think we got wow, sh- wow. to shut down and start typing now. We got to get some work done here. Yeah. But uh, thank you again to Athletic Director Trev Alberts uh, for coming on. A lot of ground covered to the Trev. Lots going on at the transfer portal. So make sure you're on Huskarline.com. We'll keep you up to date with all the latest on that as well. Uh, as that, There's still more to come on that side of things. But the big piece, Casey Thompson, go to Huskarline.com. We'll have more reaction, more coverage of that. For Husker Online Headlines, I'm Sean Callahan with Steve Sipple.